It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Science We Speak. In Science We Trust. Hi, this is Science We Speak. And welcome to another episode after a month, after a happy holiday, hopefully. And I hope you're all doing fine. For the new year, we will have more episodes to talk and a whole year to learn to read. First, let me thank you all for supporting Science for Speak. Lately, a lot of followers joined. We welcome you all, especially from India. And do not forget... To follow us on Facebook and Instagram, you can join the Telegram channel to get notification of the new episode releases. If you would like to support more, you can find the Patreon link in the description of each episode to enjoy the benefits of being a patron. Thanks once again. So, let's see what is new in science. As you probably know, James Webb Telescope was launched in December. And we spare an episode for it to get to know better about this mission. And a few days ago there was a live broadcast by NASA for SunShield deployment of James Webb, which was successfully operated. And a new research finds a way to scrub carbon dioxide from factory emissions and make useful products. Carbon dioxide, as you know, a greenhouse gas result from burning fossil fuels and is one of the primary causes of climate change. Carbon dioxide can be harvested from smokestacks and used to create commercially valuable chemicals thanks to a novel compound developed by a scientific collaboration led by Oregon State University researcher. Lately, Science Focus had an article 13 incredible scientific moments to remind you 2021 was not bad at all. I suggest you to get a quick reminder about what was achieved in 2021 and we will be expecting better news in 2022. So today we will talk about an important astronomer and observer, Edwin Powell Hubble, for sure very famous name, and also a telescope was named after him, the Hubble Space Telescope. The American astronomer who played a crucial role in establishing the field of extragalactic astronomy 
and is generally regarded as the leading observational cosmologist of the 20th century. But before we dive in, announcing our sponsor, I would like you to visit the page of Free Astronomy and Science and make sure to follow on all social media. In the description of this episode, you can find the link. So let's talk about his early years first. Born in 1889 in Missouri, in 1906, Hubble won a scholarship to the University of Chicago. Hubble graduated in 1910 and was selected as a Rhodes Scholar from Illinois. Edwin Hubble was a gifted athlete as well when he was young, leading him to the University of Chicago's basketball team. After graduating with a science degree, he studied law at Oxford University. This part is interesting because he was actually a lawyer. So never lose your hope one day. If you study hard enough, you can be astronomer as well. He then entered the University of Chicago and embarked on graduate studies in astronomy. Hubble conducted his observational research at the Yerkes Observatory in Williams Bay, Wisconsin, under the supervision of the astronomer Edwin Frost. By this time, Yerkes was no longer on the cutting edge of astronomy, but Hubble did have access to a quite powerful telescope, 61cm reflector, actually four times bigger than I have at the moment. It was Hubble's great good fortune that he was completing his graduate studies just as the director of the Mount Wilson Observatory in California. George Hale was scouting for new staff. The observatory's 254 cm Hooker telescope, the most powerful in the world, was about to be completed. Hubble accepted the Hales job offer. At Mount Wilson, Hubble initially studied reflection nebulae within the Milky Way. However, soon he returned to the problem of the so-called spiral nebulae, object he had investigated for his doctorate. The status of the spirals, as they were widely known, back then it was unclear. Were they distant star systems, comparable to the Milky Way galaxy, or were they clouds of gas, or star clusters within or close by the Milky Way? The theory that there are visible galaxies had fallen from favor in the second half of the 19th century, but was revived early in the 20th century. At the start of the 1920s, astronomers generally reckoned that no clinching evidence was at hand to settle the debate. Such evidence, however, was soon to be provided by Hubble. In 1920, a meeting was held at the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C. In an attempt to settle the question, Harlow Shapley cited as evidence reports that the spiral nebulae were rotating, reasoning that this must take them relatively small because otherwise the outer regions would be spinning at speeds faster than the speed of light. Well, these reports were later shown to be wrong, as opposed to Shapley was Heber Curtis, 
who supported the idea that each nebula was far beyond the Milky Way. And Dr. Curtis cited as evidence the discovery that the light from most spiral nebula galaxies was shifted to the red part of the electromagnetic spectrum, indicating that they were moving away from Earth at enormous speeds, speeds far too high for them to be contained within the Milky Way. Howell set out to see whether there was a relationship between the distances between the distances of spiral nebulae and their velocity. His strategy was to search for variable stars whose luminosity changes predictably within nebulae and to measure their distances from Earth. This provided Hubble with his first big discovery in the winter of 1923. It was instantly clear that the universe extended beyond the Milky Way. Just as Curtis had maintained, the spiral nebulae were island universes, or extragalactic nebulae as Hubble termed them. Over time, the term spiral nebulae fell into disuse and they are now simply called galaxies. Hubble already knew that the light from most spiral nebulae was redshifted. In addition, the fainter spirals had higher values of redshift, showing that they were moving faster through space. Hubble realized that if there were indeed a relationship between a galaxy's distance from Earth and its recession velocity, these redshifts would serve as a cosmic yardstick, enabling the distances of the very farthest and faintest galaxies to be calculated. Well, Hubble spent many bitterly cold nights in the observer's cage at the top of the tube telescope on Wilson Mountain in California. Hubble's landmark paper, A Relationship Between Distance and Radial Velocity Among Extragalactic Nebulae, was published in a journal called Proceedings of the National Academy of Science in 1929. It contained a straight-line graph that plotted 46 galaxies from near to far against their redshifts. Although there was a considerable scatter, Hubble managed to fit a straight line through the majority. The graph shows that, with the exception of the nearest galaxies, Andromeda and Triangulum, which are encroaching on the Milky Way, all other galaxies are receding. What is more, the farther away they are, the faster their movement. If from Earth perspective within the universe, all galaxies are seen flying away, then the potential explanations are that A. Earth lies at the center of the universe, or B. The universe itself originated from a single point and is expanding as a whole. Objectivity, kind of solution, a kind of foundational law in science, requires that there is no reason to assume that Earth occupies a unique position. Instead, the light from distant nebulae showed that the universe was not static. Many astronomers quickly reached the conclusion that this was due to the 
expansion of the universe. Although Hubble never stated this explicitly, in reality, Slipher, Visto Slipher, had indicated that the trend in 1919, four years before Hubble made his observations, and George Lemaitre had proposed the expansion of the universe from an atom in 1927. However, Hubble's result provided a simple link between his redshift measured velocities and distance, and with it, the convincing proof that the scientific community needed. Hubble's law. It is stating that the redshift of the galaxies is proportional to their distance from Earth. The revelation that the universe might be expanding made news all over the world, not least for the fact that it directly contradicted a theory of Albert Einstein's. Einstein's so that the gravity could eventually cause the universe to collapse under its own weight. So he used a value he called the cosmological constant, a kind of negative pressure, to prevent this from occurring in the field equation of, of general relativity. He abandoned the idea in the wake of Hubble's discovery. Einstein and others assumed that the observed velocities were Doppler effects caused by the galaxies speed of recession, but there were some dissenting voices. Hubble showed how fast space-time is expanding, plotting a straight-line graph, which he grandly called the K-factor. The gradient is described mathematically by a value now known as the Hubble constant. This important number determines not only the size of the observable universe, but also its age. The Hubble constant allowed astronomers to work backward and calculate the moment in time of the Big Bang itself. When the radius of the universe was zero, calculating the rate of expansion of the cosmos drew the decision to develop the Hubble Space Telescope from its inception in the 1970s to its 1990 launch. NASA made one of the telescopes key projects determining the Hubble constant to within 10%. As a result, the instrument spent years measuring CFID atoms, stars and galaxies' light curves. The final result, delivered in 2001, gave an age for the universe of 13.7 billion years. This figure was fine-tuned to 13.7 9 billion years, with an error of 21 million years either way. By this data from the Planck Space Observatory in 2015. The most dramatic revision to Hubble's law, however, came in 1998, when astronomers discovered that the universe's expansion is accelerating due to a mysterious and unknown agent known as dark energy which has led to a renewal of interest in Einstein's so-called blunder, the cosmological constant. Well, of course we will talk about dark energy in another episode. For now, let's talk about Edwin Hubble's book. He published little original research after 1936, the year he published his important book, 
the realm of the nebulae, which explained his approaches to extragalactic astronomy and his view of the subject's history. He died in 1953. Hubble was the central figure in the establishment of extragalactic astronomy in the 1920s and 30s. And if you like to see, I hope to see you again on the next episode. Stay curious. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.